Welcome to The Daily Drive, a podcast from Ford Driving Skills for Life that delves into teen driving safety tips and instruction. This podcast will also highlight community awareness campaign ideas and personal stories of tragedy that have led to advocacy. We'll have conversations with the people who work to keep teens safe on the road every day. People like traffic safety experts, parents, teens, and professional driving instructors. And with that, I'll turn it over to professional race car driver and the lead for Driving Skills for Life driving instructor, Mike Speck. Hi, and welcome back to The Daily Drive presented by Ford Driving Skills for Life. I'm your host, Mike Speck. Today's guest is Michelle Johnson, whose son, Connor, was tragically killed in a 2011 car crash in which he was a passenger. Uh, Michelle has gone on to become a public speaker centering around distraction-free driving. She's also part of the Taking the Lead Ford Driving Skills for Life team in Pittsburgh, which offers free assemblies to students across that area in Pittsburgh. And the goal, again, is to try to help teens to become better, safer drivers. Uh, Michelle Johnson is up next on The Daily Drive. Michelle, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm good, Mike. Thank you for having me. So tell us tell us your story, please. Sure. Um, I'm Michelle. I, I live in um, north of Pittsburgh, about 20 minutes north of Pittsburgh, uh, married with three kids. Um, in April of 2011, we got news that no parent ever wants to hear. And what I'd really like to do is start with a little background about who Connor was and then lead up to, you know, some of the, the events that took place that day. So Connor was my firstborn. And uh, he came into the world with a just a ton of energy. And he was always that kid looking to catch the next fun wave, I always say. He had the most beautiful smile and a laugh that was so stinking contagious. You couldn't help but join him in a belly laugh. He had a heart of gold. There was nothing that he wouldn't do for his family and friends. And he was fiercely protective of his brother and sister, especially. Um, he had their back and they knew it. Connor was known on the job as the beast because his work ethic was impeccable. Um, so finding a sport that held Connor's attention when he was younger took a little while, but as soon as we strapped those hockey skates on him and set him out on that sheet of ice, we knew he had found his niche. And he played um, hockey at a pretty high level, played in the Pee Wee World Championships in Quebec when he was 12. And um, it was a really great experience, not just for him, but for the whole family. And as everyone knows, along with hockey comes boxing, right? So in middle school, he became a Golden Gloves boxer. And it, to, to me, it wasn't about the fight. It was about the journey. And it was about those things that had to take place during training, during hockey, whether it was hockey or boxing, that, that made him that driven person, the kid with the great work ethic, the respect factor, the, all those things came into play at, because of all the work put in. Um, he had a great understanding of what it meant to put in a hard day's work. And he, and he, and he enjoyed the, what he got out of it at the end, you know, the, the promotion and, and such. And then he went on to, uh, to become a, um, a bull rider. Friday nights, we would find him. Um, I would drive him up to a local ranch and he and his friends would, you know, draw their bull. Some would cover for the eight seconds and some wouldn't and um, would dust them off at the end of the night, have a good laugh and drive them on home. But all of the, that fun and shenanigans came to a screeching halt on April the 10th, 2011, when Connor made a choice to 
ride to a local outlet mall with three others. They were going because the driver's sister was looking for a prom dress. Connor made the choice to ride. Well, remember I mentioned his work ethic. At the time he was a union laborer for a concrete company and he had poured hundreds of yards of concrete at this particular outlet mall. He wanted to go and show off his hard work. So it was a really innocent trip. You know, someone's looking for a prom dress, someone's showing off their hard work. There was no drugs or alcohol involved in this crash at all. As a matter of fact, 75% of most teen driver fatal crashes have no drugs or alcohol involved in them. On their way home, um, it was a sunny Sunday afternoon about 1.30 um, on a dry, flat, straight stretch of highway. Um, the driver was driving herself, her sister, and two friends. One moment of inattention on her part caused the van that she was driving to veer from the center of a three-lane highway, travel at least the length of a football field, in a straight line directly into a fixed light pole. Connor and the three other, the two other passengers were not wearing seatbelts and they were asleep at the time of the crash, according to the driver. Um, some may find that odd that in the middle of the afternoon, these young adults are sleeping, but we grew, you know, my kids all played hockey. So it was always, I felt my responsibility was I'll get in the car, I drive, you sit down, you go to sleep, you be game ready when we get to the rink. That was my mentality. I certainly have a different mentality now. You know, in a very short period of time, a single crash results in a double fatality. Now, your life has obviously changed focus tremendously. And I know now that you are on, I think the right term is a mission to see out the quest of distraction-free driving. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about this? Sure. When, when Connor was first killed, my mission was to raise awareness for distracted driving. I always thought of it as, um, at the time, it wasn't water cooler talk. And I wanted to move it forward to the point where this was something that was talked about constantly, an everyday basis. Um, we are there. Awareness has been raised. And I think now it's time to, to change my mission, to looking to change and shift that culture to a driving culture that is distraction-free. And that happens through education. An engagement with with the community. So we did form uh, a foundation in Connor's memory, and um, and through that foundation, um, when he was first killed, one of his high school hockey coaches had put on um, an all star hockey event, you know, in his memory, and and the other girl that was killed as well. Um, and that was just amazing to see how many people came to support the community. And I just felt there was such a need for this education to get out there that we ended up taking it over. The foundation did and adding in a bunch of education um, modules for the players to, to take along the way. Um, and along the way, I've come into contact with um, the Pennsylvania Coalition for Teen Driver Safety, which has led me down a path that I came in contact with um, people on the panel for the Four Driving Skills for Life. KDK is taking the lead for Driving Skills for Life. That opened the door um, through the PA Coalition for Teen Driver Safety for a voice for me. It actually gave me a voice and an avenue in which to talk about these things in, hope, in hopes of changing people's views and their attitudes and behaviors associated with reckless and distracted driving. We were mentioning earlier that you're on the taking the lead for Driving Skills for Life team there in Pittsburgh, and that uh, gives you the ability to speak in front of teens at high school assemblies. Can you give us kind of an idea of how most of the teens take what you have to offer when you go to these assemblies? The assembly is really interesting because it's not just about 
reckless and distracted driving. It's about keeping your car safe that keeps you safe. There's, there's just all kinds of great little pointers that go along. And, and so it's done, it's done really well. Um, I have to say the kids are very, very alert and very aware of what's going on when we're talking. Um, it's, you know, when you connect with them on a visceral or emotional level, um, they listen they're, you know, they're in, and I think you can almost imagine them putting themselves in someone else's shoes and saying, gosh, like if I'm in, ever in that situation, I now know I can speak up. I now know I should put my seatbelt on. So you can see like the wheels are turning as we're talking about things with them. We're working on the preventative side. We're talking to them before anything tragic happens to them. So I, I, they, they respect that. I do a lot of speaking in front of uh, groups of teens and I think it is important uh, to make sure that you form that that type of connection in whatever way that you can. I, I personally uh, do it through a little bit of, of humor, self-deprecating humor, and I think they they kind of gear toward that. I've heard you speak before. Um, it is definitely not humor, but it is absolutely visceral, as you've said, and there's a connection there. And you can tell in, as you said before, how attentive they are. I've seen the teens that you've spoken to, and they are completely riveted on you. So let me ask you this. You've got their attention. You know that they're taking the information that you're providing. What are you hoping that they walk away with? I'm hoping that they walk away with the knowledge that these crashes are preventable. They don't have to be another statistic. All they have to do is make smart choices in the car. And, and that involves even just when they're a passenger. There's so many things that kids can do as a passenger by choosing to put your seatbelt on, speaking up to the driver, maybe even taking control of the volume, you know, just things that they can do to, to help control. I always tell the kids, like, if we can't control what happens outside of our vehicle, we can certainly choose to control what happens on the inside, whether we're the driver or the passenger. So if some of our listeners want to get in touch with you and get more information, what can they do uh, to, to do that? Well, I, my foundation, you can reach me at my foundation, uh, Michelle at connorjohnsonfoundation.org. I'm happy to answer any questions that you have there. Um, also, my work email, I, I work for another nonprofit. That would be Michelle at impactteendrivers.org. Um, we also do a lot of teen safe driving um, information there. So I'm happy to speak on different levels. I'm happy to come to your school if schools are open. I'm happy to, I, I do a lot of work with local law enforcement in my area. So I do parent teen programs because obviously I'm, I'm understanding how important the, the influence that the parent has on the child um, and, and how role modeling safe driving behaviors is so pertinent to that child being able to get in the car and have the, per the right attitude and behavior. So I, I really enjoy doing those. Yeah, I've, I, like I said, I've seen you before and it, it's obvious that you enjoy uh, those those discussions, that interaction, I guess I should say, maybe not the discussion in and of itself, but certainly the interaction and that ability to change people's thoughts um, for the good. So speaking of changing people's thoughts for the good and changing culture, let's close with what you feel people can do now. And, and you've touched on it on the periphery for sure, but what do you think people, parents, teens can do to shift this culture uh, of driving so it's more responsibility based, personal responsibility based, and so that we can get to more of a distraction free driving culture. What steps can they take? Well, first and foremost, we can something very simple is just change some of the language that we use in everyday talking. I don't use the word accident, I use words such as crash, collision, 
and wreck because an accident implies that there was nothing anyone else could have done differently. And really in Connor's crash, there was a lot of things that could have been done differently. Connor got in a car with somebody, he didn't really know her. He didn't know that she had totaled a vehicle the month before. He didn't know what type of driver she was. Kids should always know that. Um, she didn't check to make sure her passengers were buckled in. She was driving above the posted speed limit. These types of things, you know what I mean? Like, so we have to do our due diligence. There are so many things that we can do, whether we're the driver or the passenger, every time we get in the car, our seatbelts, our, our life-saving devices, put them on, takes two seconds, you know? Keep our music at a, a reasonable level. Do all the things that you can do before we even put our car into drive um, that we have control over. And, um, and, and, and just speak up. I think that we need to speak up. I know it's hard to speak up. I've honestly, I've had to do it to family members. And, you know, it, it causes a little tension, but I think of how I would feel if I didn't speak up and if I didn't share my story with somebody and if they went on and harmed somebody or hurt themselves, I would not be able to live with myself had I not spoken up. So I feel it's very important to do that. Michelle, thank you so much for the information. Thank you for sharing your story. Uh, and I really enjoy the fact that you were willing to speak to us today. Hopefully we can have you back on the show another time. Take because. care and good speaking to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, everybody. So again, that was uh, Michelle Johnson. Uh, again, whose son Connor was killed in a 2011 crash, uh, not as a driver, but as a passenger. And I think Michelle's information on how as a passenger to do some critical things like make sure that you're safe in the car, know who it is that you're getting in the car with, and also uh, make those decisions that are smart but difficult sometimes, like say something if you're not comfortable in that vehicle. Is it the popular thing to do? Probably not, uh, but it can end up potentially saving your life. So on the Daily Drive, uh, we have several guests that speak to us about safety-based topics. We have industry experts, parents like Michelle, and we even have Ford Driving Skills for Life instructors. Now, none of this would be possible without the backing of the Ford Motor Company Fund, which is Ford's philanthropic arm. If you want more information about the Daily Drive, you can head to the Ford Driving Skills for Life website, which is right there, drivingskillsforlife.com. And there are lots of resources on that website. One of my favorites is the Academy. Uh, and on the Academy, we have videos of all types uh, that center around safe driving. Uh, several of the Ford Driving Skills for Life instructors are on there. I might be on there. Uh, the goal here is not to talk down to you if you're a teen. It's to provide you good information that can help you to become a safer driver. How do we know these things? Because it, it's what we do. Uh, many of us instructors on the programs have kids and we're teaching our kids how to drive. And finally, a lot of us instructors have already been there and done that. We've done the things, unfortunately, that maybe we, we shouldn't have. And, and we've been lucky enough to learn from them. So take the information that we have to provide. This is Mike Speck for The Daily Drive signing off. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you back here the next time. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Daily Drive, presented by Ford Driving Skills for Life. 
If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook at Ford Driving Skills for Life and on Instagram and Twitter at Ford DSFL. You can find a video version of this podcast on our Facebook page or on YouTube. We hope you'll tune in again to this podcast for news you can use to keep teen drivers safe on the road.